0: So, things haven't turned out as you hoped. Life took a turn. A bump. A darkened sky. And at times, it may have seemed there was no hope. But here's the good news. Our God is the God of fresh starts. Our God is the God of new beginnings. Our God brings new mercies, new compassions, not just once a year, not just when things are bad, but every single morning. This season has been tough. And for many of us, things will never be the same. But we are here breathing, maybe smiling, or crying, or shouting, or laughing. But we are here feeling, maybe fighting, or cheering, or seeking, or grieving, but we are here, living, and we are not alone. Our God is here. Our God is with us. And our God is is the God of new creations.
1: A good reminder that even as we look back uh, on maybe what brought us to this point in the early part of 2018, of what we have to look forward to as God makes all things new, uh, innocent through us. And so it's good for us to be looking at that here this morning. Uh, if you're newer with us, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here. And I'd invite everyone to turn in your Bibles. Uh, if you don't have a Bible of your own, there should be one in the pew rack in front of you. And then in the East Auditorium, there's some folks walking around with some Bibles. Uh, to Colossians chapter 3 today. And uh, as, as you uh, turn there, we recognize now a few weeks into January, Christmas has more than passed. Uh, however, that 30-day return policy is coming to a, a close. There's a tight window on that for maybe something that, uh, you know, looked shiny and built nicely on Amazon.com, but maybe didn't turn out so great after all. So just uh, your friendly reminder there. And so I, uh, I came across a couple of those items that didn't turn out to be as great as people had hoped. Uh, some, you could say, one-star reviews that I found pretty entertaining that I thought you might as well. And so uh, some one-star reviews of these year's products. Uh, one was a Squealer RC. All-terrain vehicle. That's just a fancy word for remote control car, basically. Um, the one-star review read, the, read this way: it said, "Caught fire in about 20 minutes of use. Returned after it caught fire. My grandson was really disappointed." Now. I don't know about your grandsons or sons, but in my household, if I had gotten a remote control car that could spontaneously combust in about 20 minutes, I I think my kids would be like, Dad, how do we get more of these? You know, this is five stars, okay? Um, Or how about this one? Uh, one One-star review of this bumper sticker uh, that reads, my border collie is smarter, smarter than your honor student. The review, quote, Grammatical error, exclamation mark. Make sure this is edited before you purchase. Notice, smarter is doubled. One star. The layers of irony are just, like, too numerous to even really speak to that one, so we'll just move on. Uh, another one-star review of uh, Bath Bubbles read, quote, this was the first time my 21-month-old son had a bubble bath, and honestly, the bubble scared him. One star like it's a bubble's fault. Um, How about this? For those of you who enjoy uh, lawn ornaments, if that's your thing, uh, quote, I put the fake deer in the garden and deer attacked it. Now the back end won't keep airing it. One star. All right, last one. Um, uh, A Roomba got a one star. You know what a Roomba is? It's like this like Robot vacuum cleaner disc thing that just kind of wanders around your house picking up the Cheerios you chucked on the floor, I guess. Um, anyway, this particular Roomba had died, and so the reviewer said, quote, I was so fond of my Roomba. I talked to it like it was my pet. Now I feel as if my pet died, and the company doesn't seem to give a hoot. <laughs> One star. Okay, weird stuff, all right, so, um, so weird products, weird things going on, but what we want to look at today is uh, this idea that, you know, the, what God is building in us, uh, this new thing as we've been talking about in this series, uh, both in you as individuals and uh, us really collectively as the church, that he wants to build a new thing. You could say he is building something that's meant to last. He's building something to last uh, really with this linchpin verse from Colossians chapter three that holds this whole idea together. Uh, from Colossians 3, 9, and 10, you have taken off the old self with its practices and put on the new. That that's what we are looking at as we close out one year and look into uh, the continuation of this year. And uh, if you weren't able to be with us last week, we talked about how the way in which God works in putting off the old self and putting on the new is that he invites us, both in Colossians and throughout all scripture, and frankly, just the living of our lives, to look back, look up and look forward, that we first need to look back and uh, be honest about the realities that got us to our current reality. You know, maybe uh, kind of a throwback to that video of, you know, all these things that led up to what? is now, and then from there, take whatever it is that is our current reality from looking back and then submit that upward and look up and ask God to intervene, interject, that he might lead us as we look forward to the ways that he wants to lead us and guide us and direct us uh, into not just 2018, but all the days of our life. And so last week we looked at um, half of Colossians 3 where it talked about how uh, we put off the old self of sin and its practices by looking up in confession, by confessing that, trusting in the forgiveness of God uh, that we might then look forward to putting on the new self uh, and that rather than focusing on the old self, rather than focus on beating back that sin, we focus instead on our attention forward of putting on the new self, of uh, making God more, we said. Rather than focus on beating sin, That we want to make God more. And so uh, today, that's what we want to look at specifically. How is it that we actually functionally make God more in the living of our lives? And then next week, we're going to look at, coming out of the New Things series, our annual State of the Church weekend, uh, where we look uh, at all that God has for us as individuals and then, again, collectively as a church for uh, the next year. And there's some pretty exciting stuff that God has in store for us as a church, and so you're not going to want to miss next weekend. Okay? And so with that, let's go ahead and jump into this week, how do we put on the new self? How do we actually make God more in our life as we look to the future? And we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3 to inform us of that. And so chapter 3, starting in verse 1, really sets the stage for this understanding. It says it this way, Since then you have been raised with Christ... All right since then, and that that word uh, since is really important because what it says is not hey, here's a list of do's and don'ts in order to look forward and live this life. No, it starts with because of or since essentially the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ died and was buried and rose to a new life, we then are forgiven of sin and able to live that new life. We too, it says, quote, have been raised with Christ. So based on what not we have done, but what Jesus has done for us, then we... Move on with the rest of the passage. We, verse one continued, set your hearts on things above. You look up where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. From there, verse three through nine speaks to uh, that old self of uh, the earthly things, of sin and its practices. And, and we looked at that specifically last week. And if you missed that, you can always catch those messages online. Uh, but now we look uh, to the future, to how do we move forward in making God more. And so we're going to pick it up uh, in the middle of verse nine, uh, where it has that word since again. So halfway through verse nine, this is how we put on the new self. It says, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the lord has forgiven you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity and let the peace of christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And then whatever you do, whether in word or deed, and this is the all-encompassing looking forward, that whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Okay. And so as we read and we start to examine this Colossians 3 passage, what we're going to see, there's going to be three pretty key observations for us that's going to guide us through uh, as anchors in this passage. There's going to be three observations, which are two calls to action, one overarching result, and a partridge in a pear tree for us. And so uh, kidding about the last one, obviously. So we're going to look at Colossians 3, these three areas, uh, how do we put off the old self, put on the new by making God more with these three anchors and that first We're going to look at what it looks like to live in a new kind of community looking forward. And then from there, how do we put on a new kind of practice? And then as a result of those two things, we're going to result in an entirely new paradigm. Okay. New community, new practice, new paradigm to map our way through Colossians. Okay. And so the first one is a new kind of community. And uh, as we kind of step back from even the scriptures a little bit, we recognize that we live in all kinds of, you know, sub-communities in our lives. We have all kinds of, you could say, affinity groups that revolve around all kinds of things, whether hobbies or sports or stage of life or activities, you know, whether it's golf or bowling or boating or creative arts, or um, if you have kids, maybe it doesn't matter what your affinity is anymore. It's like whatever they're into, you end up having to hang out with the parents of the other kids that do that because they dictate what your group is. So whatever the case is, we all have these groups, these communities that we are a part of. But regardless of where life takes us, or I would say where God places us in all these various communities, the Apostle Paul in Colossians reminds us that if... Jesus Christ is all and is in all. He is the Lord and the leader of your life. Well, then the community of, you could say, of our ultimate uh, allegiance to Jesus then would be reflected in the community that we most closely align ourselves with. And so if Jesus is the ultimate priority in our life, well, then the community that revolves around centering our lives around Jesus should also be our ultimate priority. In other words, the church. That the church is a key part for what does it look like for us to, in the rhythm of our lives and the people we surround ourselves to look up, that we might look forward. That we want to build relationships with other people who are helping us build our relationship with the Lord as we move forward uh, in our lives. It says it this way in Colossians 3, uh, again, verse 11. It says, here, there is no Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Meaning Christ is the defining factor of our community because, verse 12, we are God's chosen people. And the way scripture paints that out is uh, in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, it says that consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. We are a household. We are, uh, it says in other places, we are family Jesus, to teach this very point, was in a setting where he was teaching a crowd of people uh, about what it means to follow him. And as he's doing his teaching, some of his disciples tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, your your mother and your brothers on the outside of the crowd, they're looking for you. To which Jesus takes that opportunity to teach this same point. And he says it this way in in Mark chapter 3. He says to those around him, who are my mother and my brothers? Jesus asked. Well, then he looked at those seated around in the circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers whoever does god's will is my brother and sister and mother and so it's this high call of the church isn't just the place that we all happen to attend on the same place for an hour on a sunday morning the church is brothers and sisters and us doing family life together and so the way in which that functionally plays out for us as a church, you hear us talk about it a lot because it matters a lot. That is through right here, worshiping together and through growing together and serving together. Worship together, growing together, and serving together. That is where we live out what it means to be this family together. And so it starts here, right here in this room, what we're doing right now. Uh, We do the stuff of verse 16 here in chapter three, uh, where it says we teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and so that's what we're doing right now. We're looking at the wisdom of God's word for our life. And we also do that through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. From there we also celebrate god through song and giving and prayer and we celebrate what god is doing through uh stories and testimonies whether you know people on stage or on sermons or in the videos or whatever the case may be and we also celebrate what god is um up to in the days ahead in our midst as the church as we announce upcoming programs and events and so we we celebrate what god is doing when we do announcements it's like, did he just say we celebrate god when we do announcements Yes, we do celebrate God when we give the announcements. And uh, just, you know, in all kind of transparency, some of the feedback that we get, and and frankly, as a staff, we wrestle through as we plan the worship experience is, you know, when do we share these announcements? You know, it's like, you know, do you really want to interrupt the flow of worship with these announcements? Or we've, you know, got the thought of, you know, as you're, you know, you've heard the word of God, we've sung what it means to go and live this out. And then we, at the end of service, we have these announcements that we have to hear. And so let me just kind of, something that we have to remind ourselves as staff, and and I think will be a help to you as well, is that really when we do the announcements, they really aren't actually announcements. I know they look like announcements, but they are actually the fabric of what it means to be the church as we are engaged in one another's lives, both here as a church and what God's calling us to do in the community disguised as announcements. It's all a disguise. They're not really announcements. It is when we communicate what it means to grow together and to serve together and to, as it says in verse 12, to what it looks like to be God's chosen people together. Those are all a disguise for, or disguised as announcements. So, very specifically, you'll hear today, or you, you've, maybe you've heard already, you know, that we have like a next steps class, or when we announce a women's luncheon, or a men's breakfast, or when we announce a whole new season of Grow Together Small Group uh, starting off here in the new year. Or when we uh, communicate that we are looking for some adults who love God and love kids and wanna serve in student life or Club 305 or Arts Academy or First Kids. Um, or we are saying, hey, we need some, some adults who wanna serve behind the scenes to help all this happen with our, our technology team. Uh, um, which by the way if I've got the question a few times like something looks different today Well, the tech team this week has been working diligently all week to install new lights uh, so that when I wear a black sweater, I don't look like a floating head, which was kind of a cool effect, but the East Auditorium, I know you appreciate uh, a little bit of better lighting on that. And so they're about 80% done. And so they're doing that. Um, When we say, hey, we need some adults to be, you know, a smiling face and a handshake of hospitality with our hospitality team to whoever walks through our doors, you know, these, these are not announcements. They are verse 16. They are the teaching and the admonishing of one another in the ways of what it looks like it means to be, verse 12, God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, i.e. the church. So that's what it looks like for us to be the church. And then even more specifically for our students among us here today, this is kind of an announcement and a you know, a case in point with what it means to be a new community. Um, Tonight starts a whole new season, a whole new semester of student life from 4.30 to 6. And so kids uh, and parents of kids, I just want to encourage you that today can be the day that you start off doing a new thing with the kind of community that you're surrounding yourself with in your life. Because here's what we know. And kids, you might not know this, but I'm going to tell you about it. And parents, you might know this if you can kind of dig into the recesses of that like psychology 101 elective class that you might have taken in college about how we develop. And you might remember a name, Eric Erickson. I don't know if you remember. He talks about how we develop from one stage to the next. But essentially, what's happening at the ages, uh, specifically you student life kids from about age 11 to 18 and now developmentalists are saying probably even into our mid-20s, you are literally in the stage of life where you are forming your identity, Who you are on the planet, your identity is being shaped and formed in this stage of life. And a key factor in that we know are the community of people who we are surrounding ourselves, who influence who it is we are becoming. Uh, We like to say around here a lot, show me your friends and I'll show you your future because we know that we become, this is true of adults too, we become like the people we surround ourselves with. This is just a natural part of how community life works. And so, we wanna make sure, again, that we are building above all other pockets of community that we might have in our kids' lives, and kids in your life, that your ultimate identity, you know, whether it's sports or activities, that above all of that, you wanna identify yourself with other people who identify themselves ultimately with the Lord your God, so that you might become more like him in you look forward. And so the way we do that, as uh, we believe that and we see that a standalone block of time of youth group together, uh, which we have from 4.30 to 6 on Sundays, is the best way to build that community together. And then even more specifically in your small group with a couple of loving adults and a few kids where you can get pretty honest about what life looks like outside of this space to see how God wants to work in your life when you go back to school or wherever the case may be. Um, And then, you know, one of the feedbacks too, you know, we we get it, it's like Sundays is family time, is a family time for for a lot of you, it is for me too. And frankly, we believe in that as well. In fact, that's why the time is so specifically chosen to be done by six because we want you to have dinner around uh, the table with your family because we're in this together. You know, the church and parents, we're all working for that same goal. And so we get you out by six to be able to get that family time on a Sunday night. And frankly, it's a great opportunity to have the conversations about what you talked about at Student Life around those tables. And then even more than that, the reason we have it here in the afternoon so that I can talk to you guys as students right here in this room is because we want you here and us together right here in intergenerational worship you guys as kids and parents all together because frankly, that is the way this community is identified. We're not, you know, identified by Jew or Gentile, Scythian or barbarian. Uh, There is no teenager or adult. We understand that the community of God is an intergenerational one, that we wanna be doing life and worship together, side by side. And frankly, that's why we don't have a student section. You know, we want to be intermixed together doing ministry and life and worship because, frankly, kids, you know, there's going to be a day where there is no youth group. And at 18, we don't want you to step into a world where you didn't get a hold of what does it mean to be a part of the whole church. And so all of this is intentional to help you all as students, parents, you help your kids develop relationships with other people who are encouraging their ultimate relationship with the Lord. And one other, as long as I'm ranting and raving, I might as well just keep going here. Well, uh, one other thing too is I recognize we're busy. You know, there's a lot of commitments that, that we have. And, um, and, I, and I know if you have part of those commitments, they have high expectations and we prioritize these things. And, and I get it. We're there. This is my weekend. Friday night, we had some dance thing. Since 7.45 yesterday morning, Saturday morning, we were doing basketball. And my nine-year-old son yesterday afternoon had baseball practice. It's January, coach. I mean, I don't even know if like major leagues doing spring training yet. It's like, and, and so I get it. The running around and being a part of these groups, those are all, in fact, those are important because it's in those spaces that we have the opportunity to represent Jesus that this community is representing the communities that we, God has called us to and put us in. But it is incredibly unrealistic to think that we are gonna go somehow be an influence in a community that by and large may not know Jesus if we are not first and foremost identifying ourselves with the community that revolves around Jesus that we might then out of the overflow of that be an influence to those spaces and groups and communities that God has called us to to be an influence, okay? All right, I'm done. I'll stop. That's my rant concluded. And so new community, huge, that we are building these relationships with one another that build our ultimate relationship with God, our utmost priority through weekly worship, growing together, serving together, and then kids through first kids, student life, uh, college ministry. Um, Get involved, get engaged, make that a big priority that we might be renewed. Verse 12, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Okay? So that's the first big area. I promise the other ones will go a little quicker. All right, so that's the first one, new community. The second area that goes alongside that is a new kind of personal practice, to be more specific. It's a new personal practice that, yes, it's incredibly important that we are being hands and feet as we serve together, that we gather in rows as we worship together, as we gather in circles as we grow together in small groups. But then also, in addition to that, we want to move from the row to the circle. You could say to the chair. A chair where you get alone, but not really alone, because you're actually with God. You're alone with God, and you could call, just if you had one word, the spiritual practice of solitude. The spiritual practice of solitude. Solitude is where it is you, not lonely or alone, but it is you in solitude, alone with God. And there's a lot we could say about how to best have that time with God. You ain't call it a quiet time. I think I've joked before. It's like a quiet time. It feels like I'm in trouble with Jesus. I have to go sit in the corner. So I prefer solitude versus quiet time. Um, But in that solitude, in that time with God, two things. You want to be reflecting on God's word. And then out of that, spending time in prayer. That in that solitude, that alone time with God, you want to put on this new practice, if it's not a part of your daily practice now, of spending time reflecting on God's word and in personal prayer. And, you know, there's a lot of things we could say about that. We've had whole sermons on it. Um, But uh, I'll I'll say this. Um, C.S. Lewis, in his famous book, The Screwtape Letters, he paints this fictional setting of How um, kind of this elder demon is mentoring this apprentice demon on how to, you could say, thwart uh, a human's, basically, ability to move forward in the things of God, okay? And so, among his most sinister advice uh, is the insistence that he should never let, the older demon to the younger demon, you should never let the human pause to reflect, Never let the human really essentially take the time to look up to see God in the intersection of their life. He says it this way. Uh, The elder demon to the apprentice demon says, your business is to fix his attention on the stream of immediate sense experiences. Teach the human to call it real life, quote, and oh yeah, don't let the human ask what he or she means by real. what I find powerful about that is, well, first off, this is the reality that this was published in 1942, uh, which is long before our contemporary definition of streaming, you know, streaming videos or streaming feeds or whatever the case may be. Uh, But in today's contemporary realities, if Satan can fix all of our attention on, quote, the stream of immediate sense experiences, you know, whether uh, it's a stream or... I would say the rushing rapid river of you know Facebook updates, emails, texts, phone calls, videos, movies, TV, DVR, Netflix, and, uh, and honestly, it's not just technology, it's whatever it is that's in that stream of life that uh, just is that immediate experience, and then from there, call that real life, and beyond that, make sure that you never pause to reflect to weigh whether or not what you are experiencing is actually life to actually experience whether or not this is right. Just don't let them pause. So friends, in this context here today, this is your opportunity. This is your pause. This is your pause. Have you been robbed by the stream of consciousness that has distracted you from being able to look up to call a timeout on what God would have for you moving forward? I just don't see any other way around it. There is no way to actually functionally make God more in your life unless you are actually functionally making God more. Unless you are giving the time to, as it says in verse 10, to be renewed. To take the time to renew yourself in the knowledge of our Creator as provided in His Word and then discovering His specific leading as you pray about that in your life. And so, Or verse 16, this is where the message of Christ, it says, dwells among you richly. And so how are you dwelling in God's word and prayer? So there's a lot that could be said about this, but I've heard just, just give you one direction today to kind of help you take that next step. I would encourage you to take a look at the U Version Bible app or the U Version Bible website. Uh, you can find a little bit more about that on the tear-off flap on the program. We stuck it in there for some information, as well as if you just go to slash bible you can find it there. And I'm not a proponent saying you've got to go use a digital Bible. Frankly, uh, I don't. I don't care. I don't use my phone you version Bible app at all. I still prefer like the paper and interacting in that way. Uh, The reason I point you that direction is because of the hundreds, literally hundreds of Bible reading plans that it's offered there. And so you can use it as a resource for that and read it wherever you want. But it has reading plans where literally you could just take on, it has a verse a day where you reflect on that verse and pray about that. Uh, You know, a few seconds a day, uh, which is a great start if you're not doing anything, all the way to, 30 minutes a day of reading through the whole Bible in a year, and then everything in between all kinds of plans with different subjects and approaches. Um, and so I'd encourage you, um, if you don't have as a daily practice of looking up in God's word and, Trusting him in prayer with that, that that would be a great resource for you to be able to put into practice a little bit of chair time uh, alongside, um, you know, the new community. And, and actually, it's kind of cool. They actually have a thing now. If you have friends on you version, you can actually do Bible reading plans together. And so you kind of bring the two together: the new community and the new practice, and some accountability and all that. As you um, again put on this new self, be renewed in what God is doing as you dwell richly in what God has for you, both now and in the days ahead. Because it's when we do these two things, new community and these new personal practice, that we experience then a new paradigm. That's that third thing, that as a result of a new community and these new practices, you will experience an entirely new paradigm for your life. And I had the word originally as I was writing this, uh, a perspective, a new perspective, but that's really, that's not rich enough because a perspective, it's more than a viewpoint. It is literally the way, the grid, the lenses through which you approach all of your life when you have a new community and these new practices as a part of the rhythm of your life. As I was thinking about this, um, I, I, it kind of reminded me of this um, Gatorade campaign, ad campaign I saw, um, uh, I guess a couple years ago now. But the, the tagline was, is it in you? And the idea was rather, they'd show these athletes, like they'd be dunking and diving and hurtling. And instead of like sweating out sweat, they had them like sweating out um, like lemon-lime Gatorade out of their pores. It was kind of gross, but... Um, You get the picture. It's like, is it in you? And I think it's actually a pretty cool picture of this idea of when you have this new community and these new practices within you, uh, because you're constantly looking up in this way and infiltrating that into who you are, you are then able to, you know, overflow out of the pores of who you are, live the kind of life, this new life, this new self that God has designed us for. It's when you set your mind on the things above, as it said in verse two, that we can then live out this is it in you kind of stuff. By the power of the Holy Spirit, all these things become a reality. That rather than try harder, we are experiencing making God more. And we see verse 12, that we are as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. We then are more naturally clothing ourselves then because God is more. Compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. It's when it's in you that you are able to bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone because you are forgiven and you are forgiving as the Lord has forgiven you. Verse 14, uh, going through this passage again, and all these virtues you're, you're putting on love which binds all this together in perfect unity and through that you're letting the peace of Christ rule and reign in your heart since as members of one body we're called to peace and we are also thankful. Verse 16, because the message of Christ, again, is dwelling in you and among you richly. And so when it's in you, when it's in you, verse 17 then, isn't something you strive for, it is just something that becomes who you are. That whatever you do whether in word or deed, which basically means there's nothing that's left out. Whatever you find yourself doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, 366 days on the leap year, from the inside out, you are able to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so to that end, let me pray for us in this. Heavenly Father, I pray for my friends, my community here, God, that as um, we look at your word and all that you have for us that you wanna do in us and through us, God, that you would uh, prompt us by your Holy Spirit to discover what is that next step as we look at the 2018 and putting off the old self and the new self that you have uh, in community and in personal practices that will have us looking up to you that we might look forward and move forward, not just in 2018, but all the days of our life in the things that you have for us, doing it all in the name of your son, Jesus. We ask it in his name. Amen. Amen. One of the practices that I have when preparing um, a sermon or a message uh, is um, making sure that I, in my preparation, spend specific time in prayer, um, asking God to lead us together in this intersection of his word uh, and our lives. And so to help me do that, I um, have this series of prayer prompts, um, about a dozen uh, statements or questions that just get me thinking and praying and asking God to be in the mix of all that we are to be looking at in his word. And uh, I'm not gonna share them all with you, but there were a few that as I prepared this week that I thought would be helpful um, to, to us in that regard. And so uh, one of the questions that I start off with is, you know, what is the Lord doing in your life, meaning me as the, the preacher? You know, what's the Lord doing in the preacher's life? Uh, to which I journaled this response, Lord, you have completely transformed my life as a result of these two things, as a result of community and these practices. I didn't grow up going to church and it was these two things that, had, I mean, this, and I put here, this is no understatement. I cannot overstate how unbelievably different my whole life and the trajectory of my life is because of these two simple practices. And then from there, one question uh, or prayer prompt is, uh, What is breaking your heart? And what's weighing on me? And I wrote this, those of you who are drifting, asleep at the wheel, or maybe you're awake, but you're awake to the wrong things, to earthly things, rather than things above. And you're just going through the motions. And so that's what weighs on me, and my prayer to the question, what do I want people to do as a result of this message? I wrote this. To make what matters most, matter most. To make what we would say cognitively matters most, we say God matters most, to then actually functionally matter most with these new practice, by being engaged in a, in a, in a big way in this community. And then the last one. What is my single most persuasive idea? Well, that's that the Lord is doing a new thing. That's the most persuasive idea, is that it's God doing a new thing. It's not us, but we open ourselves up through this new community and these new practices to allow him to do the new thing that he wants to do moving forward as we look up. And so to that end, um, we're gonna have some folks here at the front of the room who would be happy and honored to pray with you about this stuff, you know, like, you know, to take the next step, you know, in community or in personal practices if you're just not really sure where to go from there. Uh, or maybe you say, I, I need to take that big step of, of saying, okay, I'm going to start a new life of putting off the old self and putting on the new as I look up to what God wants to do and, and surrender your life to the leadership of Jesus Christ for the first time. Uh, or maybe uh, for, you could say for the first time, maybe in a long time, maybe it's, it's a been a while and it's time to re-up that commitment as we look into this new year. And so for any of those things or any other prayer needs in your life, I would be honored to pray with you as we support those prayers uh, by giving credit where credit is due to the Lord our God in worship. And so will want you stand with us as we sing and as we pray together.